Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners and snap a do. <laughs> Please don't. We This is uh Runkle Recaps, how I met your podcast. And we're covering uh season one, episode twenty-two, the season finale called Woo-hoo. Come On. Come on. And if you remember, I had not ranked this episode. I think I forgot to in the Last run through I did of all the shows, but I did rewatch it and I ranked it this time. Uh, not too bad, not as bad as I thought I would have ranked it, but I did cheat a little bit and change the way I rank things and give points just a tiny bit by by actually giving a few points for emotional credits, if you will. So usually I just count laughs and lines that we like and rewatchability, but this time I actually, you know, there's some nice uh, sentimental notes that it hit here, and so mm-hmm. I gave a little bit of point value for that. And so it drove it up to 133. Now, IMDb has it at 8.5, I'm sorry, 8.9, so the viewing audience really liked this one. Yeah, and actually I really liked it too. I, minus the rain dance part, I didn't care for that much, but everything else I really enjoyed. I guess I hadn't seen this one in a while, so I wasn't actually anticipating liking it all that much. But it was good, and kind of like what you said with your rankings, I think it did have a lot of like tender moments to it, and that's something that the show does really well, is really like mix in the comedy with some elements of drama. Just makes it a good show. You make you make good points. I, I don't think I accounted a lot for the emotional parts of this show, and... Um, I'm not going to go all the way back through. I think we'll just make the statement that my rankings are based on how funny the episodes were, as opposed to... makes sense for a comedy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I never considered this show a dramedy, so maybe... No, it's definitely not. I didn't want to take that into account so much, and it's it's harder to account for those... Yeah, because they're not every episode. They're... Few and far between, but typically they're done very well. There's, you know, there's this, there's when Marshall's father dies, there's a lot of emotional stuff with Barney and his dad, Barney and his mom. So it it comes up, but it's not, like you said, this is definitely not a dramedy. Got a little background noise, because Roxy's trying to find her comfortable position. Yeah, you'll probably hear some bulldog snores shortly. Yeah, she's getting comfortable getting ready to snore. This is actually, this might be the first time we've ever recorded during daylight. I think you're right. Tyler's at school still. Jen stayed home sick today, and I finished up work early, so we decided let's go ahead and knock this out. I started to get worried that we wouldn't get one done this week, and then in two weeks from now, I'll be traveling for work, so I want to make sure we get a few out before I go. But uh, one other thing I wanted to cover before we jump into the episode are a few things, actually. One is I've started watching Stumptown, starring Kobe Smulders. Tell me all about it, since you watched it without me. Jen claims that she asked me to wait for her to watch it, but I know she didn't. That's not even close to how the conversation went. You asked if, you know, you said you were going to watch it, and I said I would like to watch it also. Or you had, like, mentioned a few shows, like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, watch this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd watch that with you. You didn't say that. I did. Jen, you're trying to make everyone feel really uncomfortable. I'm going to figure out a way to get Alexa to replay our conversations. Well, something's going on because didn't weren't you talking about something? Oh yeah, no, out loud, and it showed <laughs> yeah. up on your. Yeah, no, that's common knowledge that Facebook steals our <laughs> conversations and then gives us targeted advertisement. I don't know how it could happen though. We have nothing that should be recording. Our phones. 
I have to look this up. But anyways, so Stumptown, I like it. It's not great. It's good. Uh, if any if any of you out there have watched the TV show Burn Notice, which I was a big fan of, it's sort of like a Burn Notice with a female lead, whereby Burn Notice had somebody that had been sort of kicked out of the CIA and was kind of in limbo in their world because uh, their identity had sort of been erased by the CIA as well. Had been burned. Burned, if you will. And in this case, Kobe Smulders, she is a Army veteran who was an intelligence officer and did a lot of investigating and interrogating in the Middle East war space. And now she's sort of on a little bit on hard times. She's an alcoholic. She suffers from a lot of PTSD, which she kind of overcompensates for with being a little bit sexually aggressive and having a lot of sex partners. And her character is funny. She can, you know, kick ass and she's starting to move into the you know private investigator space to make a living, and she takes care of her younger brother who has Down syndrome, who is a, a actually a very good actor and a great character in the show. It has uh, Nick, what's his name from Nick from New Girl. Um, Nick was the character's name. Oh, what's the Jake Johnson? Yeah, is it Johnson or Johansson? I think it's Johnson. Johnson. And then it also has uh, the gorgeous Michael Ealy. Ah, okay as uh, kind of sort of a romantic interest of hers. She's kind of slept with every guy character on the show for the most part, so everyone's somewhat of an emotion, of a, of a potential uh, suitor for her. How many episodes have you watched? I'm three in, I think. Okay. And it's, you know, I look forward to getting to the next one. That's, that's a good testament of a show because I've taken on a lot of shows where I kind of stop looking forward to watching the next one. Right. And yet I still feel like I need to at least finish a season. And in some cases, if I'm, you know, five seasons into a show and it's got one left, i got to watch that last season. Unless it's Will and Grace. Right. Give up <laughs> yes. two episodes before the end. Right. This, this season of Will and Grace I found just too painful to watch. But it's so close to being done. I just can't anymore. <laughs> I can't. The closure. You need the closure. But anyway. <laughs> On a personal note, or I got to be the tooth fairy last night for our son. I guess we better not yeah, listen we, to this. Yeah, we, we can't listen to this in the next <laughs> few years. It's very good at it, too. Worth every penny, bruh. <laughs> I can't do this with you if you're going to do that the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I, I think I, I re-listened to our uh, Life Amongst the Gorillas mm-hmm. podcast and just all the lines I loved from Marshall and that. <laughs> okay, here's something fun. Jen, do you like fun facts? I think I we know love you do. fun facts. So... Reddit's been a buzz. Reddit? Since when do you go on Reddit? I don't. I read an article that mentioned Reddit. So Reddit's been a buzz with, and pun intended, with, a, with the theory that Lily Aldrin is a relative of Buzz Aldrin. Oh, interesting. Have you read anything about this? I have not. I've seen a few notes about it over the last couple of weeks, but haven't dug in, and it has come out that... Uh, Craig Thomas has confirmed <laughs> really? that Lily's maternal grandfather is Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> <laughs> so her mother's name is Lois, which is the name of the only daughter of Buzz Aldrin. Oh, how funny. And her grandmother's name, I forget what it is. Wait, wait, but wait I got to back you up because wouldn't Aldrin be her dad's name? 
Yeah, but the theory is she kept her mother's name because of her mother's a strong, independent woman, and she sort of disowned her father. Right. As she continues to keep oh, Aldrin, even I see. Uh, okay. as she marries Marshall. I mean, do we ever find out Mickey's last name? I don't know. Because hmm. otherwise your whole theory collapses. Well, this has been confirmed by show founder Craig Thomas, so... <laughs> Apparently, Craig Thomas and Carter Bay were writers on the David Letterman show, and they met Buzz Aldrin on the show and really were admirers of his. Um, what were some of the other things? Uh, so her grandmother's name is the, is the same, has the same first name as Buzz Aldrin's second wife, but they were just kind of making little connections there. So it doesn't work out perfectly, but okay. apparently that is what they had intended, even though they never mention it. That's interesting. And we don't see... Yeah, why didn't he come to the wedding? Yeah, good question. He's alive. He was on 30 Rock. I think instead of it being like a, a definitive piece right. of information, it's more they kind of built it so that, that it could be talked about later. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, some, uh, I read, I read an interesting fact about the apartment on the show that the clock that they sometimes flash to always says 420 on it. <laughs> Nice. Which is some, you know, sad little... Well, no, I won't go to that. Josh Radner is coming out with a folk album hmm. where him and uh, Ben Lee... You know who Ben Lee is? Nope. They're, they've become like a folk song duo. He's, in, he's from Australia. Um, when he was like a teenager, he was... When he was a teenager, apparently, he was in like sort of a hit alt band out of Australia... I've always thought that he was in Silver Chair, but he was actually in a band called Noise Addict. And he sort of became a little bit famous in the U.S. because him and Claire Danes back in the ni- early 90s dated for a few years. And now he's actually married to Ioni Sky. Hmm, okay. Well, I will probably listen to that. I will not. Um, all right, that's all I have of sort of newsy stuff. Okay. So we start off with the narrator saying life is good, but everything was about to change. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shortcut some of these scenes a little bit. You you of course can call out and say wait 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 I want to mention something. But there was there's a lot of scenes that kind of I found dull in this episode, despite some of the things that I there were things I do like. But uh, there's a lot of back and forth that I thought was kind of all right. Let's just get to the next thing. So if okay. I start to pass something that you really want to talk about, but I, it's not because I didn't notice it. Typically, it's just because it, I don't think it was important to the plot. And quite frankly, I want to get through season one and be done with it. Really? Is that why you just rambled for 11 minutes, not about the episode? <laughs> More or less. All right. So we're at May 2006. I can't remember if they've been like doing flashes kind of throughout, but just, yeah, a nice timestamp so we know That's a we question. Are. I don't know why they felt like they had to mention the date, the month, and the year. Yeah, I'm not sure, but, you know. Here we are. So we start off at McLaren's, and Ted is rehashing the whole Robin subject with many objections from the gang. And And as per usual, I mean, this happens throughout the series, but especially season one. We've been through this. They've all been through this. I think they're sick of having this conversation with Ted. I think the universe... Is telling him not to do this. Marshall posits that maybe his dating life is what holds the universe together, and he gets chills. <laughs> I like that Marshall does this a lot. Like, 
thinks up something and then decides it's super significant. I like the way he said a, he's getting chills from that, but I, I didn't think it's the line in itself was, was very funny. And then... Well, we um, have to bring up that, you know... Barney tells advises him not to piss off the universe because it will slap you. Because, yeah, you know, then, that comes back around. And Barney slaps him there and said it's on behalf of the universe. Uh, we're in the news station and we're getting a weather report about Tropical Storm Willie. Do you know who the weatherman is? Robert Michael Morris. Do you know who else he is? He is the Lucy, Lisa Kudrow's longtime assistant in the comeback. Is that what you were thinking of? No, he's Vampire Lou. Oh, is he? (laughs) Oh, I missed that. Uh, So this could ruin the news crew's camping trip. Sandy thinks this is a bummer because he was looking forward to finally having sex with you, as he says to Shabatsky. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, we've talked about this before. Sandy is just despicable. Um, Robin kind of just rolls with it. I, in a way that probably would not happen in 2020. She says, she reminds him she doesn't date coworkers, and he said that, you know, they were doing really well together on the news. and Their improvised really, banter. He really felt that their freak juice was flowing. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. That's gross. I didn't love the line, but he, you know what? I got to say, I actually kind of like him in this episode. He has a couple moments of charm, and we're going get to get to those moments a little later. I do like Robin's joke about them having to take a rain check. Okay. I mean, it's a stupid news joke, but <laughs> it's a good pun. And Sandy is very orange. He looks a lot like Robin um, <laughs> when they have to do the intervention on the spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back, We flash back to McLaren's. Uh, Ted said, okay, one last time. One big romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. And then he jokes that it's going to be a mixed CD. Um, but instead, he, he starts to share his idea. He needs a little spare key. We, back, we do have to back it up just real quick. Um, Barney, Barney advises that a whipped cream underwear situation doesn't always work. I, I hadn't um, gotten there yet. Oh, okay. I was going to mention that. Okay. But you can go ahead and do it. I was just going to say, yeah, I just think it's an early precursor to the naked man he hasn't met. Um, yeah, he says, if, if your idea is to show up to wait for her naked... In whipped creamed undies. <laughs> Don't. Um, that brings me to some fun we had listening to some podcasts this week, whereby uh, there's a Walking Dead recap podcast by oh, yeah. a couple of <laughs> our favorite podcasters. And in it, uh, a podcaster named Jessica Lease mentioned Naked Man because uh, <laughs> she said that if you, you know, Maybe we spoiler. Walking Dead. Yeah, spoiler alert. Someone someone just kind of shows up naked to somebody else on The Walking Dead. Yeah. And Jessica Lee's kind of talks about, oh, you know, <laughs> she stole the naked man from How I Met Your Mother. And then she also goes on to say, you know, that doesn't hold up today. Right. Uh, and she, she actually comments that a lot of How I Met Your Mother doesn't hold up today. And we call it out a little bit yeah. for that at times. So. Yeah. And then she also, in the same podcast, mentioned... Sarah D. Bunting as a podcaster, as someone she's podcasted with, who does my favorite uh, Beverly Hills 90210 recap podcast, where it's the love to hate it kind of podcast. So it was sort of a, a crashing of universes. Right. And now we're mentioning them, mentioning them, mentioning them. So well, they don't know that we know that they know. <laughs> 
So yes, uh, I guess yeah. <laughs> this is what Barney tried before he learned about the naked man. Yeah, and then he launches into an anecdote about the one time it did work, doing the naked with the the whipped cream on undies, and as he starts it, Lily slaps him and. <laughs> so the universe. It's, it's the universe. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> Ted shares his plan, and it's all around the blue French horn. So we cut to Robin's apartment, and there's an orchestra there with blue instruments. So this is the big romantic gesture. Which it's a good move. You know, the blue French horn is kind of their little inside joke, cutesy thing. And so to try to win her over, he, I guess I wrote down orchestra, but I guess it's a string quartet. Okay. Robin's about to come in, and she forgot her keys, which, as Ted's inside hearing her, he sees them sitting on a, a side table. And I'm really glad this gets resolved quickly, because I, I couldn't remember if this was going to then lead to, like, oh, she has to go somewhere and then come back, so I'm glad it kind of got <laughs> yeah. fixed relatively quickly and didn't go down the sitcom path of... Oh, he's in there, but he can't tell her he's in there. They do that a lot on this show. I've mentioned it before where, you know, there's a big fight that has been going on the show, and then it's quickly solved with one short conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they they don't really draw these things out too hard, which I do like about this show. Yeah, agreed. We do get some back and forth with Robin and Lily about, with Lily urging her to just go ahead and knock on the door, which Lily has to hurry off the phone because Marshall's hearing the message from the, the San Francisco art school. So Lily goes and just says, knock on the door, which Robin does. Yep. And then we put a, a pause, if you will, into that storyline for a little bit. And we get into, Robin goes into her apartment, and the orchestra starts playing. And well, I, I do want to say one more thing. Uh-huh. That here's something that wouldn't happen today, uh, playing somebody's message on an answering machine like this. <laughs> right. Which is interesting, too, because she you see her on the cell phone. She's on a cell phone, right? Yeah, why would she ever give the apartment yeah, phone number was, instead of a cell phone number? Yeah, that was a bad idea. Bad idea, Jeans. Indeed. Okay, go back to what you were saying. Oh, I was just saying, so Robin goes in, there's roses everywhere, chocolate, the blue string quartet is playing. Well, they're playing Air by Bach. Oh, okay. Or the longer version is Air on the G-string which sounds sexual, but it's not. It does. <laughs> it's actually a piece I'm learning on the piano. Oh, okay. I really like it. It doesn't sound as good on the piano. It sounds better on strings. Hmm. On G-strings. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so she seems pretty happy about this as she sees as she's walking into it, and even through his monologue, she's smiling. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, you know, you're crazy. And then she jumps into a million excuses about why they shouldn't be a couple and... His only comeback is, but come on. <laughs> right? I feel like that's his argument. <laughs> yeah, we, we get to hear the name of the episode quite a few times just to make sure we missed it. We right. didn't miss it, rather. Right. But she has to go camping, and that's what she's decided she's going to do. Even though he suggests that they go to Paris, but maybe he was joking, but maybe he wasn't. Yeah. And as she says that, no, the camping trip's back on. We get back to the weatherman, and he's saying there's going to be blue skies. And for some reason, the laugh track really likes this weatherman. Like, he doesn't do anything, but the laugh track just goes off after he talks. Right. Yeah, it's weird. And then, on the back of that, Sandy announces that he's leaving the station. Yep, he's going to go to CNN. Which I think later becomes worldwide news. He later goes to worldwide news. I don't know if... I think worldwide news is a stand-in for CNN. I think they couldn't get permission or something to do CNN. Hmm. Maybe. You think Sandy held a job for that long? 
Well, he was like the lead anchor at the place by the time she had gotten there, and she was just a lowly, you know, researcher. Right. So I, I really think it was it was a substitute for CNN, just because they okay. couldn't use CNN for the show. But he says, it's been an honor to read the news to each of you each night and to read the newspaper to you each morning. <laughs> that was a good line. That was a good line. So after that, Sandy jokes that he quit so he could go out with her, and then, you know, he's just kidding. But, you know, he reveals, obviously, he's going to CNN. And I, this is where I kind of find him charming. Yeah, so he tells Robin that he's going to recommend her to take his spot as lead anchor. And, and she's really, you know, pleased by this. And mm-hmm. she says, based on this, she kind of says yes to dinner. And he suggests they just have dinner at the camping trip. And I, <laughs> I kind of like his, I roast a mean weenie, the way he delivers that. <laughs> That's kind of a cop-out. Like, you guys are going to be on this camping trip anyway. Like, you've been bothering her for a date forever, and then you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to have hot dogs over a fire. Like, that's a cop-out. I still like the way he delivers that line. I roast a mean weenie. Yeah. It's okay. We're back to the apartment. We're at Robin's, and her and Ted are going back and forth about whether she should go, and Ted, you know, accuses her of making this into a date with him, and... She can't promise that it's not going to be, and Which, you know, Ted, she's you not know. a she's not a planner. She doesn't know what's going to happen between them. But Ted also has like no, enough jurisdictions the right word. But like, he's not with Robin. Robin can do whatever she wants right now. Just because he decided at this moment that he's going to do this grand gesture doesn't dictate the plans that Robin may have already or not made since she's not a planner. Yeah, this show wouldn't be what it is if we didn't have these ridiculous pro- proclamations by Ted. And <laughs> right. he just goes so wholeheartedly into um, plans that he makes. I don't have much to say about this. I, I think you're right, but it's we know where this is going, so who cares? Right. Now, we'll get to it a little bit more later, but he just like ends up super indignant that like he just sprung this on her and he needs an answer right away and how dare she be considering going on a date with somebody else like it's well I do get his you can't do it with this guy yeah yeah that's fair enough but I mean Sandy is just although I I like this last scene with him he is still ridiculous a ridiculous human being yeah no that's fair enough and so I, I think it's okay for Ted to be thinking and saying out loud how could you even think about dating this guy when I've, you know, sort of laid this out for you and clearly you like me. If he so hadn't dating lied, him is like winning the lottery? <laughs> Jen, I, it's, it's ineffable. I can't really explain <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you. Oh, yeah, no. So this is the same scene where he kind of, like, jumps down her throat. Like, she says she needs some time to think about it, and he demands an answer right then and there, and she won't give him one, which, mm-hmm. yeah, rightfully so. He, to be fair, his last relationship, he cheated on his girlfriend, so maybe she needs to think about it for a minute. We're at McLaren's, and the group is trying to cheer Ted up. Everyone's looking a little dejected, although I don't think any of them thought that was actually going to work. There's a bit of back and forth, but it comes down to Ted saying, screw that, this ain't over. And we go to Lily. Uh, they leave the table, and then it shows Lily saying unpause. And then Ted explains the pause rule. Can you tell, the, tell them about the pause rule? Yes. So when Lily and Marshall fight, either of them can say pause at any moment, and the fight pauses, and they can 
do whatever they want in the meantime, talk about something else, go to dinners we see, and then they can resume the fight at a later time. Lily, throughout the begin the first half of this fight, keeps talking about how she was never going to take it, that art scholarship or... Uh, Fellowship. Fellowship, thank you. And we saw this Her super, last... super important art fellowship. <laughs> but we saw this last... Was it last week or two, or two episodes ago? Whatever. Milk, Milk yeah, um, two ago. Where, yeah, she starts out saying, oh, yeah, I'm not going to take it, I just want to no, know. last episode. It was last episode, you're right. Right, and then eventually switches to, well, I have to go, I have to, you know, see if I can get it. So we kind of have a similar trajectory on this episode. Yeah, she's very capricious about this whole thing. Um, we get Barney and Ted on the by the bar talking about how the weather's an act of God, and Ted agrees, yes, it's an act of God, and that's what it's going to take. I'm going to make it rain. He admits that he's crazy, but his plan is to have Barney reach out to a former paramour of his, a Native American study, a girl who studied Native American culture. He wants to know if <laughs> Barney's still in touch with her. Barney's like, of course, we get together once a month. We talk about this. We talk about this. He goes, of course I'm not in touch with her. I mean, Ted knows better than that. Who does Barney ever stay in touch with? Ted decided that he's going to learn how to do the rain dance from this scholar. And then Barney, Barney slaps, slaps him. him. He slaps Barney. And then there's a pretty good slapsticky, <laughs> pun intended, uh, slap fight that goes back and forth with them. I, I like enjoyed it. that. And I do like Barney here, you know, kind of chasing after Ted. Like, Ted, you're forcing me to be the voice of reason, and it's not a good look for me. Yeah, that was okay. I liked it. A little, little predictable, but... You're predictable. All right, so everyone get ready. Jen's going to teach us all about appropriation <laughs> as we go through this next scene. I she, well, Hold on. Wait, I, I invented a word. There's going to be a lot of she-splaining Ooh, coming up. Interesting. So let's jump into it. Fast forward five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to hear this, but they meet up with Penelope at the library, and she wants to know why she should help. And um, Barney said, you know, we had a relationship. <laughs> and she said, you know, we had sex in your car twice. And he was like, yeah, relationship. <laughs> Which for Barney, you know, that's most the, more than most people get out of him. That's a relationship for Barney. Ted appeals to Penelope about, you know, the woman he's in love with and she wants to know if the guy that she's going to be going off with is a jackass and this is sort of you know a reference to is he Barney like mm-hmm. <laughs> you hit on my mom yeah we weren't exclusive <laughs> yeah that was a good back and forth I, I like that we next see them on the rooftop of Ted's building and you want to talk about Penelope's hair in this scene <sighs> I'm just going to say this whole thing is bad <laughs> It's bad. Penelope is clearly a white person. Not that white people can't learn about other cultures, yeah, this, but it's it's not great. And I think this isn't as bad as you know if we saw somebody. It's not like the Washington Redskins, or if we yeah. see somebody wearing a Halloween costume as a Native American, and they're not Native American. It and, would have been, you know, we're not a costume, we're a culture. I, I understand all that; that makes sense to me. I, I think, but you know what? If if somebody who wasn't Jewish was wearing like a, a rabbi, being a rabbi for Halloween, I, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't bother me. But in this case, we have somebody that is actually enamored with the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
has chosen to study it because they want to understand it better. I don't know if this is really appropriation, but I get what you're saying. Her studying it is not. Him doing it is not great. Um, The braids, I think, (laughs) almost push it a little further into, like, this would have been slightly better without the braids. Yeah, th- this is this isn't as bad as we've seen on other older television shows. Yeah. in dealing with Native American culture, but yeah. I, I I think it's a little bit of a gray er- gray area. Um, but I, it's not for me to say what's offensive to people. Correct. No, I'm just going to say it's not great and leave it at that, and we'll just move on. Okay. There. Uh, hopefully, everyone's back now. <laughs> we have. Robin at her veterinarian office because <clears throat> her, I guess her dog ate chocolate that Ted had brought and Robin's talking to her vet and saying, remember that guy I was dating, telling you about, why was she talking to her vet about a guy that was interested in her or vice versa? I, well, I guess she thinking do- about that. Maybe she does have friends. five, she does have five dogs, so she's probably <laughs> there quite a bit. Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, our vet's pretty nice, but. I don't think I would talk to him about our relationship. (laughs) Hey, Dr. Popa. Hey, I'm sure you're listening. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe they're friends. Who knows? But it's convenient. You know, we get an outside perspective of, like, oh, that's so sweet. And, you know, no, nobody acts like that. And that's a good thing. Yeah, they're about to say, no, nobody does that. Yeah, it's a very romantic thing. You know, appreciate what you have, essentially. I like the line. But I guess I'm just a hopeless romantic. I'm going to put my hand up your dog now. Oh, see, I could do without that. <laughs> wow. We really have such different senses of humor. And now we're back to Lily and Marshall fighting in their, in their apartment now. They've moved up from the bar. So for some reason, Lily keeps harping on Marshall's forbidding her to go. And Marshall's like, yeah, I didn't say that. Right. It's kind of, she's trying to will it into fact. Mm. Interesting. That, hey, you're telling me I can't go? Well, then I'm going to go. And even though he's not telling her, she's trying to insinuate that he is. That's my theory on this. That's interesting. And I do, I like Marshall's response here. Essentially, it's like, hey, you know, we have a wedding. I kind of expected you to save the date for it. (laughs) His delivery was really good on this. He was like, I didn't didn't forbid you. I was just pointing out that there's a date that we have on the calendar, a wedding date. (laughs) I'm kind of hoping you can save it, save the date for that. And then all of a sudden, Lily says, I need to do this. Right, she talks about, you know, there's lots of... Because he mentions, like, you know, the wedding is something you've always wanted, and she says there's, there's lots, lots of things, things yeah. that she's always wanted, and she hasn't done any of them, which, again, you know, we're repeating things from last week's episode. She's just now finally talking about them with Marshall. And, yeah, he, you know, suggests maybe they just shouldn't get married. And then they pause and go to Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah, apparently... uh Pretty big corporate flash sponsor yeah, that's going true. on there. Well, did you see? There's like a flash to the outside, and there was like a moving lobster outside. Oh, <laughs> like I, I guess it's that. Times I, Square. I saw the <laughs> flash. Yeah. Oh, that would make sense. The red lobsters in Times Square. Yeah. So they're red lobster. They're seemingly having a great time, and then they both, you know, start crying, and there's sort of a fun juxt- juxtaposition <laughs> with them crying and the. Clapping waiters and waitresses in the back, going happy, 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 happy for a right. birthday song. And they start clapping as they're yeah. sobbing. We go back to the roof, and Ted is dancing. 
trying to do the rain dance, and then we learn that Penelope has really only read about this. And he's like, wait a second, you've never, you know, experienced this or done it or seen it? She said she saw a film strip. Although, quite frankly, if you've seen a film strip, is seeing it in person any more important? I I don't think that would really make a difference. I mean, it depends how many times did she watch this film strip. Well, at any rate, it's certainly not equivalent to his ER surgery. (laughs) Right. And to be fair, like... Ted, you don't know anybody else that even has a vague knowledge of what you were asking for. Like, hey, doing... you came to me. Exactly. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> yell at me. Yeah, she's doing you the favor. I do like Barney here. It's like funny, still funny. Now it's sad. And Ted mentions that he's been out there making, and they've been making asses of themselves. And Barney's like, "What do you mean, we white man? I'm not sure what that line's from. I should have looked it up, but I've heard that line before." Oh, really? Yeah. That's like an old line. Hmm, okay. We're back at the apartment, and there's an unpause. So but she Right before the unpause, Marshall mentions his biggest problem yesterday was if Ted ate the last snack pack and then calls dibs on it when Lily says <laughs> that there is one still in there. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't do anything for me. Maybe I should find someone else to do this podcast <laughs> with. <laughs> You're, like, mentioning all the things I didn't bother to write down because I didn't think we're that good. And you keep mentioning all the things that I thought were bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what if we end up like Lily and Marshall at the end of this episode? <laughs> Pause. So she wants his support. He can't. He you know, describes how he's scared that she's going to go out there and decide to have a different life than what they were going to have and wants her to promise that nothing will change between them, which she won't. Yeah, that's kind of a jerk move, especially if she's saying, like, hey, I just want to go, like, experience this thing for a little bit, and then, yeah, we'll get married, whatever. But, yeah, now all of a sudden it's, oh, no, I can't even promise that I'm going to come back after I do this. She then forces a pause on him by basically pouncing on him sexually. Yep. It's sort of funny and nice to see her do this because she's so much smaller than him that (laughs) jumping on him and kissing him is kind of has a nice visual effect. Mm Mm-hmm. We go back to Barney and Ted on the roof, and Barney makes a comment that that's not Ted. That's not a rain dance. That's a fat kid with a bee in his pants. Why does the kid have to be fat? Can't wouldn't that be any kid with a bee in his pants? Presumably. Okay, I just wanted to check in with you on that. Maybe yeah, there's something about the arm movements. Maybe. <laughs> Ted declares his love for Robin and then starts yelling at the sky. Come on, come on! So we get a little more of the title. Mm-hmm. And then it rains. Yeah, in very dramatic fashion too. We get a big thunder crash and rain, and his pleading and raid dance have worked. And I do like Barney here. Oh come on! <laughs> We're at McLaren's, and Barney and Penelope start fun making, funny making out at the bar. Oh, did you notice what was around them? No. Oh, so we kind of skipped over. It, oh, it's so. the the or, the. No, what? Okay, so back um, when they first get onto the roof, she's kind of telling Ted what to do. Like, I don't know, like bend over or something and Barney makes a joke like oh it took me five tequila shots to get you in that position and then there's right about tequila shots there's five tequila shots oh nice I missed that oh that is a good callback <laughs> yeah really good yeah it's cause I I didn't like that joke when he said it I was like oh just another kind of lame Barney mm-hmm. being kind but of it comes back joke. around yeah but anytime things come back around I, I'm okay with them All right. yeah I thought that I hadn't noticed that in previous watchings I just caught it this time I thought it was pretty good for someone that, you know, sort of refuses to go back to someone he's already slept with, he tends to do this a bit. He did this also with uh, Bridesmaid. 
Mm-hmm. No, I think as a rule he doesn't like to, but if the opportunity's there, he's already... <laughs> essentially, he's already in proximity to this person, so why not? We're back to Robin's. Ted's outside, and he's yelling up to Robin in the rain. He's urging her to come down. She doesn't want to because uh, she's not... She doesn't have anything on, but he convinces her. I feel like this goes on too long. Come down. No, you come up. No, you come down. Like, Agreed. all right, let's get to it. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was you're unnecessary. Right. I get that they're trying to fill the time here, but yeah, we could have. I, I think that scene's still going on. <laughs> and she opens the door. He's there. They right. make out. All right. And then we get a final shot of blissful Ted in a cab until he gets home and sees Marshall sitting in the rain holding the ring. Yeah, and I like, you know, the ending line is, you know, in just one night, everything has changed. And so we get the dichotomy of, you know, Ted's riding high, he's finally with Robin, everything's wonderful, and then comes home to see Marshall, like, pathetically sitting in the rain on the porch holding the ring. Like, I got chills. It's sad. Yeah, they have some nice emotional beats in this episode. One of the better ones at doing that. Yeah, you kind of see Ted just trying to be there for him. You know, in their bro-y way without saying words. Yeah, Ted of. sort of knows what's happened because he was in the last episode mm-hmm. with Lily. Yeah, and I was thinking about that, too, because, like, I wonder, does Marshall know that Ted knows? Like, were they trying to hide this fight from... Because, I mean, the other people weren't around when they were pausing and unpausing. Mm-hmm. So, But, no, I mean, it's it's a much better impact if we just see him you know, kind of go up and put his hand on his shoulder and kind of just be there for him. What is your favorite joke of the episode? I don't know. Just skip me this week. Jen can't pick between her favorite jokes. I will say I liked I Rose to Mean Weenie. I just like that line delivery. I don't know what it is about it. Normally that wouldn't be funny to me, but the way he delivered it was really good. Least favorite joke... It was the five tequila shots, just because it's such standard fare for Barney. Now I got to go back on that a little bit. Right. Now pointed out the the twist at the end with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Marshall's, you know, maybe your dating life is what's holding the universe together. I very Marshall-like line, but I didn't think it was so great. Any least favorites? Probably want any one of the favorites I mentioned. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, I got nothing. I'll do a better job next week. Okay, Jen, where can people find us? They can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, at RunkleRecaps on Twitter, underscore How I Met Your Podcast, underscore on Instagram. You can email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. All right. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, we are starting to come up more towards the top of searches, at least on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for people who have rated, reviewed, and subscribed, that definitely helps us as we try to bring our podcast to the masses. That's what people need in this time of coronavirus and other such Yeah, so when mishaps. you're all quarantined in your house, <laughs> you'll have our lovely podcast to get you through. So we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, Jen. Bye.